This episode is brought to you by Atrex. Atrex is the global leader in foot scanning technology and orthotics, and they have a plantar fasciitis kit that will help you in your own mobility and strengthening routines as a runner. It is awesome. There are four pieces. You can go to runliftmompod.com slash Atrex. Atrex is spelled A-E. T-R-E-X. And again, that's runliftmompod.com slash Atrex to learn more about the plantar fasciitis kit. It is a slam dunk for your mother runners. Welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. Today, we're going to touch on all three because I have a physical therapist, Dr. Sammy Herbster. She is here to talk to us about self-care. If you want to run better, if you want to lift better, if you want to do life as mom better, Sammy is going to talk to us about understanding our bodies and the signals that it gives us, caring for it ourselves, and moving better. This is a woman who empowers her patients. I've got her on the audios so you can hear from her and learn from her without further ado, Dr. Sammy. Susie, I want to thank you for having me on this podcast. I can't tell you um, how amazing it is to talk to people and listeners that already have some type of movement practice or a passion about being active. Um, That is something that I'm very passionate about is finding a way to empower other people to have some kind of movement practice because I really truly believe that movement is medicine. And so I am in a perfect profession where I get to actually prescribe movement um, as medicine to help people um, move from point A to point D and to live their lives a little bit better. So let's say I walk into your office and I'm like, self-care, what's that? The foam rollers collecting dust. I don't know. You know, how much time would you suggest that like the average Jane carve out for self-care? I think of the least effective dose. Like how can we find the least effective dose for you that is going to cause either it's going to be a catalyst for change or it's going to plant a seed that then becomes nourished and grows. Like how do we find that least effective dose? So um, a lot of education goes around these things that I prescribe to people for self-care because some people come back to me and are like, you just want me to do that? Like that's it? Um, like that's that minimal. And, and here's, here's my point is what I realized is I could, I could give you all of the solutions and all of the techniques and prescribe all the exercises that I feel are benefit for you to get you out of your pain situation. But if you don't have some type of routine at home that you take a moment to take care of yourself, then I, my list of exercises or techniques just end up being one more list of things that you need to do during the day, which is probably endless when you have other little, little humans you're taking care of on a daily basis. So in saying that number one is carving out time to do something intentfully for your body, set an intention. What is it going to be? And how is it going to benefit me and my goals and carving that out is what I found very few people had. So they come in and, and they're like, 
I want to do these things and I give them a list of 17 things to do, or I like to, I like to operate in threes. So sometimes it's three or six things to do. Sometimes that's even overwhelming for folks because they don't even have an established time of the day that they spend doing something for themselves. So that's usually step one, like, please, like, how can we find a time to carve out? Um, and I'm going to say five, 10 or 15 minutes, because here's why everyone's a little different. Um, and everyone's self-care is going to look a little different too, because let's say I asked you to carve out 15 minutes out of your day and you're like, 15 minutes, are you serious? I can't get that anywhere. I'm like, whoa, way too much resistance. Not going to work, right? Not going to work. So how do, how do I figure that out? Let's start with something that you could do. Like, what can you do? Can you set a timer for seven minutes? And then what are we going to do during those seven minutes? And my key is like, I I really do need to do it every day, like 80% of the time, like otherwise, we might not see change and you might just get frustrated or this might be another thing on your list of things to do. And I don't want it to be another thing to do on your list because it has to be meaningful to you. So let's go ahead and pick up that foam roller and let's pick up that lacrosse ball because now we've decided we're going to sit down for 10 minutes every single day and we're going to do something with these things. Like now, what do you want to do? Can I talk to you behaviorally? You know, I know there are some people listening, right? And it's like, do you add five minutes into a sweat session? Or do you recommend that some people maybe partner? Like, obviously, this is the Run Lift Mom podcast. And folks that are connected mm-hmm. with me have seen me roll my feet out with that lacrosse ball. Do you recommend that they're pairing it with something else that they do, do during the day or having it be a standalone? So I think, first of all, if you don't have anything at all, like we need to find a way to carve out time. Second of all, now we get to figure out like, what's the best way we can choreograph this according to what it is I'm doing. Let's strategically plan when's that best for you. I say it's best any time of the day, any, anytime, anywhere, um, before, after workout. And here's why, um, in being a clinician and figuring out how to connect your mind and your body, that lacrosse ball and that foam roller are going to give you sensation and give you awareness of your body that you may not have. You didn't know that you were sore there until you got on that foam roller and holy cow. And it's checking in. It's a check-in point. And Mm -hmm. when our brain um, can't sense or feel things, it doesn't use them. It usually works around them. So for you to be on a self-discovery with a foam roller lacrosse ball and go, oh my gosh, I had no idea that part of my butt was sore. Um, now your brain goes, I actually have this part of my butt. I didn't know I had it. And then you go out to run or you stretch and it's going to use it a little more. So this is a really, really powerful tool besides just rolling around and going, Ooh, ah, Ooh, ah, it is a mind body connector. Um, and it is a self-awareness that brings you back into the places of your body that you may not know existed. It's going to lead me into my, my kind of second part where I say, if you're going to set, us off time, set aside time to do a, self, a self-care practice, I need you to set an intention for it. Um, by setting mm-hmm. that intention, we will elicit a better outcome than if we were just mindlessly doing things to do things. So before you go running or before you work out, I would use a lacrosse ball or a foam roller to awaken, awaken your body in places that you didn't necessarily know or you had because they were tight, stiff, or not moving. So the more woke 
your body is, the more apt your brain is to use it when you move it. And now I'm becoming poetic. (laughs) I love this Um, mind-body thing. And I want people to hear you saying this. And the more that we practice this, to get back to it, you said when we opened up, movement is medicine. It's not just a physical thing, guys. Yeah. So then let's go. We've done our run. We've done our lift or whatever. And maybe we didn't get to the lacrosse ball, the foam roller beforehand. That's cool. We ran in. We jumped into a class. But now our intention after a workout is nearly as important as the intention would be before the workout to awaken. Now afterwards, it's to resume us back to like a normal balance. Because Mm. let's say you back squatted with chains and you did box jumps and then you did sprint intervals on the rower guess what? When you get in your car and you drive home and maybe when you go to bed at night, your body and your nervous system is to some extent, maybe still doing some of those activities. And that residual tension over time ends up kind of compounding and creating um, chronic conditions or wearing and tearing of the body that we don't necessarily need. So the intent of the self-care post-workout would be to restore our body to a normal tension to find wherever we had, it is that we ramp things up and bring them down. Now, anytime, anytime someone touches you, it has a calming or it should, depending on your, your path, um, should have a calming effect on the body. That's why we get massages. That's why some people love deep tissue massages. They're like, get in there. I want to feel it because right. then we feel better afterwards. So it does, it does act as a tool to kind of turn down the tension in the body. And I think it's really important after you exercise to do that because we could carry it around with us all day and it compiles and then it becomes a a garbage bin full of tension and we don't feel good in our body. I really like entering the self-care with that mindset and that intention. That's, that's a game changer. It is. And you know what? It, it gives meaning to you. Without, without an intention or a meaning, then things just become actions. And actions without meaning don't usually help us reach our goals. And so that has been a powerful <laughs> component I've learned in, in my evolution. But then I try to kind of infuse and empower people to go, like, like, why are you doing this? Does this mean something to you? We can talk about supplements. We can talk about exercise. We can talk about food. But like, what does it mean to you? And that's, that's a personal question. So I could share with you what it means to me and, and Susie as, as a voice of this population you can share, but it is, it's a really personal experience. Let's say, so for, for the person that wants to include self-care in their gym routine, right? Let's say they've mm-hmm. got a spare 10 minutes. Are you recommending split, split it up five minutes before, five minutes after, or are you recommending that that they're doing 10 minutes before? Like, how would you recommend that they, they split that? My, my focus would go back to like, what are you intending to do? And then let's do it well. Mm. Let's do it really well. So did you, and, and let's, let's make a fictitious person. So Josie is a person that has four kids. She was up at 5 a.m. to get all of her kids off to school so she could go to her nine to five. She's at another nine to five and she gets off at 4.30 so she can make it to the gym at five for her five o'clock class. Okay. So she comes in her five o'clock class, she works out, and then she's got to go pick up all the kids and make dinner. When, when does she carve out this time? Does she do five minutes before? Does she do five minutes after? Um, what, what if she only has 10 minutes? So now we have this like real person that we're dealing with. And I'm going to say because Josie has had a very chaotic morning and because she has sat in a chair all day 
we're going to say she has a desk job, um, that it may be more important and more beneficial for her and her movement practice with, let's say she's lifting weights to give up an intentional 10 minutes to check in with her body before she goes erratically and moves it with weight. Um, then, um, if, if Josie gets really good at this self-care thing and checking in with her body, she will know over time if she's done that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the past six weeks, if she'll know if like, man, I'm, I've been working out for a while and I feel amazing. And then she'll know like that, that was a really good preparatory skill to have before I work out. But what if Josie goes home and, and her body feels like crap? Um, even though she warmed up with her, with her check-in and her workout, then maybe I would say to Josie, you need 10 minutes somehow before you go to bed to unwind whatever workout you did do. Now, let's say we are a mom of four kids and we've been running around with them all day long and haven't had only got to sit down to have two bites of lunch before I had to do this, that, and the other. And I finally get to the gym and I'm like, you can call this one Susie if you'd like. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Like, how are you going to get the best out of your workout? Like, are you ready for your workout? Is your mind ready for your workout? Is your body ready for your workout? And if, if you were to check in with yourself and you're saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Then maybe you're the one that needs to unwind afterwards. But um, let's, and I'm, as I'm kind of talking in circles now, I'm almost going to always go to, I need to do check-in before you do a, a, a formal movement practice. And that is literally so that your movement practice will be better. Your lifting will be better. Your running will be better. Everything will be better. But I can't, I can't discredit the, um, the after the workout because that's where the tension compiles and you end up in a chiropractor, a physical therapist, or maybe even a surgeon's office because we can't turn down the tension. Right. Well, I mean, we're all hearing, first of all, the benefits of having a self-care practice, but then also beginning with the end in mind and really being in tune to our our well-being to know how much self-care we need maybe before or after. I mean, it sounds like for Josie or Susie, it could be different from day to day. Am I understanding that correctly? You're exactly right. You are right on. And, and I guess once you kind of get the hang of this setting an intention thing and checking in with yourself, you'll be really surprised that your body kind of, your body and your mind will tell you what you need. And usually it's, it's kind of the things that you don't always want to do, but you're like, I, I bet you, I really need that. Now let's do an example of, I, I want to give you the least effective dose because we kind of said, let's roll around on a lacrosse ball or, or a foam roller. But what if I were to tell you that just laying on the floor with your feet straight up in the air, but back flat on the ground, feet straight up in the air on the wall. You had to just sit there and be quiet and just breathe for 10 minutes. Like that was your post-workout. Like what, what would, what would that bring up to you? And most people are like, you just want me to sit here. What do you want me to do? Like, you don't want me to do anything. Like you just want me to breathe. This is going to be like the longest 10 minutes of my life. And those people that, that kind of show that resistance to me usually are the ones that need it the most. Like you need to just turn down. You just, you just need to be, you just need to be quiet without something to do with your own breath, with your own thoughts. And, and that is more of a down regulation tool that I prescribe after workouts. It's really easy to do. It's really easy to do at home before you go to bed and you're like, am I doing it? And I'm like, well, if you aren't doing anything and you're breathing, then you're doing it. You don't need a $350 trigger point gun 
to hammer your quads to elicit an effect that is going to make you feel better. And you don't have to have every tool on Amazon um, and a choreographed routine by a professional to get you where you need to be. You literally just have to have an intention and find a tool that's going to mean something to you and use it with consistency. Show up, do the work. If that means I told you to put your legs up on the wall and lay down and breathe for 10 minutes quietly, show up, do that day after day. And I guarantee you with an intention and consistency, we're bound to see some change, something. And, and usually, usually it is always amazing and surprising. And um, that is a long, hard lesson that I've learned over my lifetime. I've liked to try so many different things and we're willing to jump on all these different bandwagons because I want to learn and I'm a learner and I'm a trier and a doer. But focusing down to the simple things, being consistent with them to see the change before I know how to build onto a more complex practice or more of a, a complex routine um, is I think where we may get a little overwhelmed. Thank you so much for listening to the Run Lift Mom podcast. I want to let you know that you can swipe up in the podcast player that you're in to see the show notes. That's going to take you to my website and you're going to get a deep dive on today's show. Cool, huh? You can think of it as a blog post that complements what was covered today with all of the links and resources discussed. Don't forget to check out the podcast partners as well with some really great offers for you. And until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's from 1 Timothy 4.8, and this has been the Run Lift Mom Podcast.